Last week, uh, we began a brand new message series, but we're going to be in for, for a little while, um, as God just guides us through it. And, and the title of this series is Wisdom for Life. Wisdom for Life. And, and the whole idea behind this series is that we're taking God's Word and we're applying it to everyday situations in life and looking at how do we handle certain situations for all of us in one way or another face. Now, if you weren't here last week, um, I'd really encourage you to go to family.church forward slash listen and listen to last week's message. I know we often say this, but this really was last week a foundation upon which we're going to build in these coming weeks. Because the Word of God can be wisdom to us, but it's of no use if we firstly don't read it and secondly, don't apply it into our lives. So I'd encourage you to go and listen to last week's uh, message um, because we pray that you would realize over this series the Bible is not some historical text that has no relevance to you. It's relevant to you. Do you know that this morning? The Bible is relevant to you. It's your story. It's your story of how a God created you for relationship, how sin got in the way of that, and how he redeemed you from that brokenness and made you holy. It's your story. It's history's story. It's the story that points to Jesus Christ. But it's also the Bible full of godly wisdom for our everyday life. And in a generation that reads countless self-help books, countless self-development books, I pray that we would be a church that lift the Bible up to its proper place. But actually, if you're wanting to source wisdom, the greatest place that you can go is to a, a book that has been authored by the God who is wisdom himself. Amen? So today we're going to be um, doing what we're going to do in each of the weeks of this series, and we're going to look at a specific topic and look at God's wisdom for it. Now today we're going to talk about handling conflict. Handling conflict. Because conflict is something that we all face in one way or another. Now, when we talk about conflicts, that can have a lot of different meanings. Let's just narrow that down to, to disagreements. And I know that's maybe a shallow um, explanation of it, but conflict, let's look at disagreements. And it's important to point out that actually, healthy conflict can be very good. Okay, so conflict in itself is not good or bad. It's just like money and different things like that, but it can be used well, it can use, be used badly. And actually, healthy conflict can be really good in the right places. Workplaces thrive on healthy conflict. When there's healthy conflict in the workplace, it brings new ideas. It brings different perspectives that actually grow the workplace. Healthy conflict in the home, done well, can actually deepen relationships and help us to see each other's points of view. Healthy conflict in different areas is good. But actually, so often, we don't experience healthy conflicts. We experience negative conflicts. And we don't actually do conflict all that well in humanity, right? This is something that we see time and time again. Often, it's just completely avoided. And maybe you're somebody who avoids conflict. And when we avoid conflict, sometimes we think, well, we're doing the right thing. We're keeping the peace. So surely that's a good thing, right? We're not making it a spark up. We're just avoiding conflict. But actually, when we avoid conflict, what's happening more often than not is just anger, bitterness, and resentment is bubbling up under the surface that one day will explode a whole lot more explosively than it actually needed to do. Conflict is something that can happen in different settings with different people for different reasons, right? Conflict can be on a global scale. We've seen a lot of that in the last 20 years. 
since 9-11. It can be on a, on a global scale between different nations. Conflict can be in a nation as people are divided on certain issues. We've seen a lot of that over the last few years too. But what we more than often experience, and this is what we're going to speak into today, is personal conflict. Conflict that's more personal to us. Conflict in the home. Conflict in the workplace, conflict in your school, conflict in your college, conflict in your university, conflict in your neighborhood, in a number of different places. It can be with a friend, with a spouse, with in-laws, with family, with neighbor, with colleagues, with boss. We all at one time or another will end up handling conflict. So let me ask you a question this morning. This is rhetorical. You don't need to answer. We'll put up your hand. How good are you at handling conflict? Not the person next to you, so spouses don't nudge each other. How good are you at handling conflict? Because it's probably, you'd find yourself like me, where you would say, at times I've handled conflict really well. It's been healthy, I've responded really healthily, it's, it's produced a great result, and you'd like to put the spotlight on those bits, but if you're also like me, you'd, and you're honest enough, you'd say there's also been times where I've handled conflict really badly, and it's been messy, and it's not been good. Often the reason that we don't handle conflict well is because we haven't seen it modelled well. And if you've never seen conflict as something that's positive, but you've seen conflict as something that's explosive and nasty, chances are that will follow in your life. So we're just reduced to doing it the world's way. And so people use conflict and conflict is something that's explosive where people shout, where, where people may get physical, where, where people try and gain supporters for their side of a story, where gossip flows, where people are run down privately or publicly or else they avoid it altogether, which as we just said is not healthy in itself. And so with conflict being done so badly in so many different places, we can be left thinking, can conflict be something that's healthy. Can conflict ever actually be done well? Well, the Bible shows us that there is a better way if we use God's wisdom. So here's the takeaway that, that I pray you would leave with this morning. Conflict done God's way can lead to healthy resolutions and better relationships. Conflict done God's way can lead to healthy resolutions and better relationships. So today we're going to let God's wisdom, the Bible, speak for itself. Okay, We're not going to add a lot more to it. We're just going to look verses and different verses and, and allow God's wisdom to speak for itself. Tyler on the AV team is going to be very busy this morning. A lot of verses that will come up on the screen because we want the Word of God to speak into the situation. Maybe you're in a conflict right now and you're not handling it very well. Maybe you're somebody who knows that conflict is down the line. All of us at one time or another will have to handle conflict. And Jesus said this, blessed are the peacemakers. If you want to experience the blessing of God, you need to know what it is to be a peacemaker. So let's let the word of God speak into that situation. There's a number of things that I believe the Bible teaches us, and we're going to work through those. And obviously, we're going to be skimming the surface on this, okay? Otherwise, it would be a lot longer message. There's so much that you could look at concerning conflict. And I pray that maybe in your connect groups or in friendship circles, or maybe using the, the verses we're going to put out on social media this week, you would take time to look into this deeper. But let's look at this and see what God wants to speak to us. So the first thing is this, if you're taking notes. Let's be people who take the initiative. God's word is clear 
that it encourages us to be people who take the initiative to resolve conflict. As I said a minute ago, unresolved conflict won't get better by itself. You think, oh, I just won't go there, I'll just leave it. Unresolved conflict will not get better by itself. Listen to these words Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23 to 24. And he's speaking these words in the context of some teaching about anger on the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother or your sister, obviously that's not speaking about a sibling, but a brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. So Jesus says to the person, and there's more that follows that you can read in your own time, go to the person and take the initiative. Another time, Jesus tells us, and we'll look at the exact verse in just a moment, <coughs> he tells us to go and speak with the one who has sinned against us. So take the initiative. Don't sit around and sulk. Don't tell everybody how bad that person is. Don't ignore or bury your head in the sand, but take the initiative. Not the initiative to argue, but the initiative to resolve. Now, quick side note on this, and it's important that I say this. Obviously, in the, in the context of abuse and certain situations like that, this wouldn't be, at times, the greatest wisdom, and it's important that I underline that. But in the majority of cases, what we're looking at today, a general principle that will fit the majority of the time. So take the initiative. Here's what we then need to do. Talk to the person, not about the person. If we're going to deal with conflict well in the way God would have us deal with it, talk to the person, not about the person. Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Now notice that not only does it say go to the person, as we spoke about a moment ago, but it also says, to begin with, make this private. Try and resolve this between the two of you without drama. See, we live in a generation that actually doesn't want to do this. We live in a generation that find it a whole lot easier to go onto social media and to post pa passive-aggressive statements about other people, right? This is what you see everywhere, that we've drifted away from God's way of dealing with conflict, and we actually try and bring a whole load of other people into the conversation. Statements like, you just can't trust some people, and we just leave it hanging there. And some people will know what you're talking about, some others won't, but what you're doing is you're bringing in an audience. Someone's going to get what's coming to them. And we, we throw out these statements, and maybe it's not on social media, maybe it's just in passing. And we give the, the, the wink, the, the, the head nod, or we try and bring in an audience, and all that does is breeds gossip that doesn't resolve conflict, but actually adds to the conflict. Listen to what the Bible says, Proverbs 26, verse 20. Fire goes out without wood. If you've ever had a campfire or you do a fire pit in your garden, you don't add any more wood to it, what will happen? Soon enough, there won't be enough fuel. The fire will dry up. Listen, fire goes out without wood. We understand that. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Ouch. Maybe we're prolonging a conflict by bringing other people into it that Jesus said shouldn't be there in the first place. And in pastoring, there's been so many times, sadly, where I'm dealing with a situation, helping some people, and I suddenly realize that somebody's been brought into a conflict and they're fighting a battle that isn't actually even theirs to fight. And worse than that, 
They're fighting it in a way that's misinformed because their information is forthhand via the step uncle's monkey. And it's like, oh, this person said, who actually said this? Oh, I don't know. Somebody said this about that. But really? And by the time we get to it, this person's now fired up. Now, here's the problem. And you're okay if I just talk in real terms this morning. Here's the problem. You may solve the situation. You may realize that actually it was all a big misunderstanding. You may heal the conflict. Yet this person over here is still carrying all that stuff against that person. And so often we're people who fuel the fire, but we don't go and correct it afterwards. And so we discredit someone's character by saying certain things to people who actually shouldn't be involved in the conflict in the first place. Proverbs 18 verse 17. Sound wisdom. There are two sides to every story. The first one to speak sounds true until you hear the other side and they set the record straight. What wisdom. Don't believe everything that you're told about certain people who are trying to bring you into a conflict. Do you know a great way? Here's a little tip that you can take away. Do you know a great way just to quash this? When somebody comes to you and says, oh, this person, blah, 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 they're going to go, what's coming to all the stuff I've just mentioned. If you turn around and say, Oh, sorry to hear that. Let's go to them and deal with this situation right now. We can even pray for the situation. If you, you watch how quickly suddenly they need the toilet or they, they, they suddenly get a phone call or whatever happens. Because sometimes people actually don't want to resolve. They want to grow. They want to grow the conflict rather than actually heal the conflict. That's the world's way. God's word carries a better wisdom. Let's take the initiative, let's be somebody who's loving and humble enough to speak to the person, not about the person. Then God's wisdom shows us this, that we're to be people who seek unity, not personal victory. Seek unity, not personal victory. Ephesians 4 verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. See, the world's wisdom, and again, this will sound uh, something that you hear a lot of time, the world's wisdom speaks... I need to win this argument. The, the world says, if you don't agree with me, then you don't love me. The world will speak today, if you have a different opinion to me, then you're invalidating me as a person. Can I just say that that's manipulation? And it's not truth. But actually, you, some of the greatest relationships I have is with people that I disagree with the most because it's not built upon what we believe or or what you think or what the other person thinks we can actually walk in unity no matter what you think the world's way is i'm going to get my way i'm going to win this argument but actually is that really wisdom because you can win the conflict in the workplace get your own way get the boss to do what you wanted them to do But what atmosphere does that leave in the workplace? You can win the argument in your marriage or in your home, but what atmosphere are you left with in the home? You see, when we just look at it our way, we're not actually looking at how can we resolve this conflict. We're looking at how quickly can I win. The next thing I believe the Bible clearly teaches us is we need to be people who listen. Everybody say listen. Just checking whether you're listening. Sometimes we can be such bad listeners, and we're all 
prone to this at one time or another. We've either been somebody who's done this or we're somebody who's been on the receiving end of this. That, that we're, we're listening or we're talking with somebody uh, and we'll just interrupt. Or, or maybe you're sometimes speaking and, and maybe you're the one who does this or maybe you've experienced it. One person will be nodding away mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and all they're waiting for is you to take a, just a sharp intake of breath and they'll be in with a preconceived and prearranged answer. Sometimes people just want you to listen. As has been said many times, many, many, many times before, husbands, sometimes your wife doesn't want you to fix something, they just want you to listen. They don't want solutions. And just stepping back from the stereotype, all of us can sometimes be solution-focused people. And so somebody will come to you with a heartache, with a problem, and somebody will go, oh, well, you, you see, what you need to do is you need to do this and that, and then it will solve it. And the other person can be left thinking, well, I didn't want you to solve it. I just wanted to talk. It's funny watch when you're up here and you can see some spouses' faces and some nudging and some interactions going on. I won't name names. But when it comes to conflict, when it comes to having a difficult conversation, when it comes to dealing with an issue, if you've ever sought my advice on this, you say, I've got this difficult conversation, I've got this, this issue, I've got this thing in the workplace, you will often hear me point or say this. Quick, slow, slow. People are like, what on earth are you talking about? Quick, slow, slow. James chapter 1, verse 19 says this. Understand this. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listen, if you're looking for a practical book in the Word of God somewhere... The book of James is full of practical wisdom and how to do everyday life. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. The Amplified opens this up a bit. It says, understand this. Let everyone be quick to hear, a careful, thoughtful listener. Let them be slow to speak, a speaker of carefully chosen words, and slow to anger, patient, reflective, forgiving. Here's some more of God's wisdom on this. Proverbs 18, 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Proverbs 29, verse 20. Do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. So when it comes to handling conflict in the home, in the workplace, in your school, whatever it might be, let's use this godly wisdom. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And when we speak... Let's use this wisdom from the Word of God. Speak in love. Now, let, let me just clarify something, because very often you will have heard this phrase as well. I, I'm just going to tell them the truth in love. I, I'm gonna, they're going to hear the truth. I'm going to tell the truth in love. And what people actually mean by that is they're going to get it between the eyes. I'm going to uh, just speak to them exactly how I want. I can make them feel this tall, but, but I'm going to do it in love, in Christian love. And so uh, it doesn't matter how aggressive I am or how patronizing I am or what wording I use, because it's done in love. Now, the actual context that they've crowbarred out of there is actually in the book of Ephesians, where Paul is actually writing, saying, do you know what? We want you to not be spiritually immature. We don't want you to be deceived by false teaching. So we will tell you the truth, the truth of the gospel, spiritual truth, in love, out of a place of love. It's amazing how you can just crowbar Bible verses to fit what you want. But even if you say, actually, no, that's a principle that I want to do. I want to speak the truth. And, and truth is so important. 
When it comes to handling conflict, we need to be people who can handle people telling us the truth, but also be brave enough in certain situations to speak the truth. When you do that, it needs to be done, as the Bible says, in love. What's that word? The same word, agape love, or we've looked at before, the God kind of love. Remember 1 Corinthians 13 says, love, this kind of love is patient, is kind, it's not irritable. The message paraphrases, it doesn't fly off the handle. So that's the way that we speak. We speak truth, yes, but we do so with gentleness and kindness, not anger and hostility. Let's look at God's wisdom on this. Ephesians 4 verse 29, pretty blunt. Don't use foul or abusive language. People will often swear in order to make themselves feel bigger in the conflict. It doesn't do that. It doesn't bring you any more power. It actually lessens your ability to love. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Proverbs 12:18. The words of a reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of a wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, verse 1, such wisdom. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. It's very difficult for one person to argue with themselves. I mean, some people manage it, but it, by, by and large, it's very difficult. When we are somebody who come with a gentle answer, do you know what? It just disarms anger. Just as we talked a moment ago about not putting more wood on the fire. When you come with a gentle answer, it will disarm anger. So as well as listening, God shows us that the words that we use, and remember, when we talk about words, we're not just speaking about the words that come out of our mouth anymore. We're talking text, we're talking email, we're talking social media. The words that we use are so important. And speaking in a godly way will help us resolve conflict in a healthy way. Here's another wisdom. Apologize and forgive. Again, the world's way. When you admit that you're wrong, when you come groveling to me, when you set it straight with the kids, then I will choose to forgive you. But until then, I'm getting my own back. And the word of God, God's wisdom, steps right into that situation and says, no, 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 forgive. No ifs or but, forgive. Because not only does Forgiveness actually resolves the situation. But you know what? Forgiveness is good for you. The enemy doesn't want you knowing this because he wants to keep you in the bondage of unforgiveness. Forgiveness is good for you. It's good in your health. Your physical health will improve as a result of forgiveness. Now, that's not always the case, but, but there have been situations and times as a pastor where I've spoken with somebody and prayed with them, and as they've chosen to forgive something that they were carrying for years, sometimes themselves, sometimes other people, their physical health has responded to that. Now that's not to say that if you're suffering with something this morning, you're in unforgiveness, okay? I understand what I'm saying. But there have been moments where as people have chosen to forgive, their physical health has improved. It will improve your mental health. It will improve, of course, your spiritual health as well. Forgiveness, let me clarify, doesn't make what happened right, Okay? It doesn't mean that you're agreeing with what the other person has said or done. We'll come on to that in a minute. But forgiveness is godly wisdom. Colossians 3 verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Now listen to this next line. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must 
forgive others. Notice it doesn't say, if the sun's shining, if you feel like it, if you've woken up on the right side of bed. No, no, it says you must forgive. But what does it say before? Remember, the Lord forgave you. Do you know, if, I, if I'm ever struggling with unforgiveness, a real easy remedy is to remember how broken, how sin-scarred, how foolish I was, and how God chose to forgive me. It's amazing how when you stop looking at others and you look at yourself and realize how much you've been set free from, how it will help you to forgive others who are walking in their own foolishness. And then here's the final bit of wisdom. Draw a line under it. Draw a line under it. Now, now that could be relevant in a number of ways. It may mean drawing a line under the issue. Proverbs 17 verse 14 says this, Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. It may be that you need to step back from the fight. Step back from trying to always win. I'm not talking about avoiding, but come into a place where you agree to disagree for the sake of friendship, for the sake of relationship, for the sake of that workplace environment, whatever it might be. Drop the matter and don't bring it up later. Because we can say, oh, it's forgiven for... We're dropping the matter. And as we counsel marriages and people in difficulty, so often what's happened is they've said, oh, it's, it's done. They've drawn a line under the sand. And yet they just put it in their back pocket. And so when angers are raging and when there's an argument, when there's conflict, Owlet will come out of the back pocket. Oh, remember when you did this? Remember when you said that? I haven't forgotten that you did such and such, whatever it might be. 1 Corinthians 13 says, the God kind of love, agape love, keeps no record of wrongs. We're going to operate in a godly way. When we draw a line under something, it keeps no record of wrongs. So it may mean drawing a line under the matter. Now in extreme cases, in certain situations, it may mean drawing a line under the relationship. Now I'm talking about certain situations and places of abuse or in friendships where it's constantly toxic and you know you are not good for each other. You can love each other, bless each other, but don't have to be in close relationship with each other. Romans 12 verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. Do you know the truth is, no matter how much you live God's way, there will be times when people just aren't interested in making peace with us. God says, do your part. God says, as much as it depends upon you, you aren't responsible for somebody else and their response, you're only responsible for your own. I wonder, where does this land with you this morning? I've been just sharing the word of God fairly brutally, but... It's important that we understand God's wisdom in this. Where does this land for you? Are you somebody who you're here this morning, you're actually currently avoiding conflict and you know you need to deal with it. The reason that you're scared of going into that place of conflict is because you think it has to be hostile. You're, you, you think it has to be nasty. Actually, if we use God's wisdom, we can be in a place of healthy conflict where we come out far better off the other side rather than just continuing to avoid it. Are you in the midst of conflict and handling it pretty badly? God gives us his wisdom. Take the initiative. Talk to the person, not about the person. Seek unity, not personal victory. Listen. 
Don't just hear, listen, speak in love, apologize and forgive, and be willing to draw a line under it in the name of peace. I wonder what sticks out for you this morning. I wonder what the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you today as we've shared this truth. Imagine the difference it could make if we actually chose to handle conflict God's way, using God's wisdom, because you will face conflict in the home, with your children, in the workplace, with your neighbor. At one time or another, there will be conflict. It's just a, a, a part of life. It doesn't have to be ugly. Using God's wisdom, it can actually be the most healthy thing that enables relationships to grow. Let's just pray in this place this morning. Let's just close our eyes and I want to pray a couple of prayers. And the first prayer is this. I want to pray for people in this place who have been hurt by conflict. Maybe it was conflict that you were involved in. Maybe it was conflict that you witnessed growing up or in the workplace, whatever it might be. And I believe as we were speaking earlier, the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing to that area of your life today. Maybe instant or this morning, maybe about just starting that journey. But God wants to deal with that in your heart, that you would be whole, that you would be healed. I want to pray for people in the midst of conflict right now. Listen, God's grace covers what's been and gone. God doesn't want you feeling condemned today, but God wants you to use his wisdom to bring health to that situation. So firstly, I want to just pray into a response to the message. Heavenly Father, I just speak your healing over people's hearts this morning. Lord, where people have been broken by conflict, maybe as they were growing up and they witnessed conflict in the home time after time after time, unhealthy conflict that caused them to fear, that caused them to run to bedrooms and hide, that caused them to just be scared in the morning. Father, I just speak healing. Lord, for those who maybe have been in, in marriage situations where conflict turned nasty, where they were at the other end of things that should not have been done, Lord, we just speak your healing. Holy Spirit, would you just bring comfort and peace and wholeness? Holy Spirit, I'm too aware that as we speak these truths there can be such trigger points in the hearts and the souls of people so Holy Spirit would you just mend strengthen heal in your presence this morning we pray Lord for those who have for so long avoided conflicts because of what they experienced. Lord, I just pray your strength and your wisdom that they would be able to go into situations not fearing what they've seen before and what they've experienced. But Lord, you would empower them by your Holy Spirit with, with wisdom and strength to bring health into difficult situations. Thank you, Lord, that people would be brave enough this week to have conversations they're needing to have that those conversations wouldn't turn nasty, those conversations wouldn't be hostile. But God, your grace and your presence would be right in the midst of those conversations. 
Lord, for parents who need to speak with kids. Lord, for marriages that need to sit down at a dining room table and have some conversation. Lord, I pray that that would happen, Lord, in a healthy way. Thank you, Lord. Just allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to your heart, to bring healing and harmless. The second prayer, I want to pray just as we close up this service this morning, is to give an opportunity for anybody here today who's never given their life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've wandered away from Him. Maybe over a time of lockdown, you just drifted away from Him. Or maybe for the last, I don't know, five, ten years, you've been away from God and you want to make a comeback this morning. But I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer after me. And then what we want to do is, as we close the service down and, and go to our tea and coffee, there's, there's some people at back. There's a guy called Mark that I want you just to connect with. And he can just connect you with some resource and some information about your next steps in your relationship with God. Let's just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I want a relationship with you. Please remove any sin or anything that's going in the way of that relationship. I believe that you love me and have a plan and a purpose for my life. Today, I begin this relationship. I want to give you my future. Make me brand new. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed. If that's you today, then as I said at the end, I just want you to, to go and speak to Mark at the back and just connect with him. And he'll lead you in some, some next steps. But again, just as we close, Holy Spirit, heal your people. Just really feel that. And so I don't want to rush this moment. Bring comfort to your people. Holy Spirit, take this word that's been shared and implant it in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.